All right, welcome again uh, to uh, all those who are joining us today. If you're able to join us afterwards at our outdoor service, that'd be great. If you can't, um, we're really uh, glad that you're here to worship with us. And today we're actually closing out uh, the book of James. And today it's, it's, you know, a little bit sad every time we close out a book uh, because I feel like James has been a guest preacher um, at our church and uh, blessing us with the word. But today we're going to close out with the last two verses. Um, of James 5. So if you have your Bibles with you, we'll turn there, James 5, verses 19 to 20, okay? Listen now to the Word of God. James finishes out his letter by saying this, my brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. This is the Word of the Lord. Um, today is the last sermon um, in James, and it's been a blessing for me, not only preaching through James, but also sitting under the preaching of James uh, from various different preachers. Starting next week, we're actually starting our summer series, and our summer series is going to be a gospel series. And not the gospels, not the book of the uh, gospels in the New Testament, but rather the gospel itself. We're going to be looking at the gospel from different angles, and we're going to be seeing the different perspectives of the gospel, and we'll see um, the gospel is kind of like a diamond, and every angle that you look at the gospel, there's a certain beauty uh, from that perspective. And so we're going to be doing that every single week. We're going to look at different aspects, perspectives of the gospel, starting with election. We'll also cover sanctification, repentance, forgiveness, adoption. We'll cover all these different things, different aspects of the gospel this summer, and we'll learn deeply together how rich the gospel is. But today, uh, we're going to close out the book of James, and as we end, if you were to ask me, what was the main point of the book of James? You know, we spent uh, all this time in James. What was, what was the, the main point of the book? And, and, and if you were to ask me that, I think it'd be a little bit tough for me to consolidate all of James into one idea, but if I tried my best, I think that I might say that the book of James is a letter that tells us how to have living faith when it's tested. How to have living faith when it's tested. When tests come, how can you have living faith? So for example, the book starts off by asking, when we're tested by suffering, how do we persevere? And then it goes to how, when we are tested with the test of works, how do we come out with faith that works? Uh, when we have the test of words, that comes into our lives. How do we have a tongue that gives life and not death? And it kind of closes out by asking, when the test of worldliness comes, how do we stand strong in the midst of worldliness? That's kind of the idea behind James. But the last two verses are interesting because in some ways I feel like the last two verses are saying, but what if someone fails these tests? Uh, what if someone fails all these tests and turns away from the faith and fails and begins to wander away from the faith? You know, what do we do as a community of faith? What do we do when people fail and walk away? The last two verses are in many ways like a, a red case in the middle of the church that contains these two verses, and the case says, break and use in case of wandering. In the case of wandering. When someone wanders away from the faith, use these two verses. Wandering is what we'll talk about today. Uh, wandering from the faith, it's something that we have seen maybe more widely in the midst of COVID than any other time, a wandering away from the church and a wandering away from the faith. 
what do we do? How do we help people, those who have wandered? You know, many of us have wandered in the midst of COVID. Our faith has been tested and we've wandered away, but many of us have gotten back up in the faith and have seen growth in the faith, but others have not. What do we do? What do we do for those who have wandered in the faith? You know, it's kind of a season of opening back up, um, a season of the church coming back to church. But I understand that it's not just the COVID restrictions and it's not just the, the physical distancing and all these things and the limited seating. I know that these are not the only things that are actually keeping us from coming back to church and coming, us, coming back to the faith. Um, but there are spiritual barriers that are keeping our people from actually coming back to the Lord. How do we help wanderers come back? That's what James is dealing with in these last two verses of his letter. How to help wanderers. And today, brothers and sisters, if you have wandered from the faith, I want you to know that the Lord has a word for, for you. And for those of you who have not wandered, but know people who have taken steps away from the church and the faith, James has something very important for us to say. And so let's all bow our heads and ask him for help as we receive the last two verses, this very important word from our brother James for our community. Father, as we come now and look at these last two verses, we want to receive them and to act on them, but we need your Holy Spirit to do it. And I pray, oh God, help us to understand your heart in these verses, and we pray especially for those of us who have wandered in the faith. I pray you would give us clarity on how to take steps forward and how to come back to our loving Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Wandering. Um, what is wandering? Um, James uses the word here to talk about moving away from God, but it's a very specific kind of moving away from God. It's not this explosive divorce from God. It's not actually anything that trips alarms. Um, it's not anything that um, is really noticeable. In fact, the word wandering here in the Greek, it talks about a kind of a slow move. It, it, it's the way that large planets move around their sun. It's a slow drifting, and it's really different from this explosive rebellion that takes place. It's a slower pace. It's a slow burn moving away from God. And it's really dangerous because the danger of this slow burn wandering that you see in James 5 is that it's barely noticeable. It's barely noticeable, but it's incredibly dangerous at the same time. And those are the most dangerous things, things that don't trip alarms, but are incredibly dangerous. How has that happened in our lives in the midst of COVID? How have we wandered away from the faith in ways that maybe were barely noticeable until all the different steps accumulated up Maybe it started with worshiping online with distractions because it was really hard for all of us to worship online. Maybe it started with the distraction for you and then it moved on to skipping small group because they're on Zoom and you didn't want to be on Zoom with your small group. And so maybe it moved into skipping small groups and then maybe just ignoring your discipler, ignoring the phone calls, delaying, missing meetings. Maybe that progressed to not praying for weeks on end not opening your Bible for months on end. And then maybe you stopped watching worship services altogether and only maybe watched a sermon every once in a while and not really participating with your heart. 
Maybe you've wandered from the faith in the midst of COVID. And then you hear that Mosaic, the next few weeks, we're going to be opening up more. You're going to hear news about that. And then when you hear news that your church is opening back up, the thing that you thought you were waiting for, the thing that you thought you were waiting for, looking for, and searching for, when you hear the news that your church is opening up and inviting everyone back in, maybe you will feel something in your heart that says, I don't want to. I don't want to return. And at that point, you have to ask yourself, how have I wandered so far from the faith? The answer, brothers and sisters, is that it was gradual. That's how wandering works. It doesn't trip any alarms. It's slow. It's almost unnoticeable until it's too late. And the danger, although it's unnoticeable, is very real. You know, last week, my daughter, uh, my family, we went to Hoboken and we went to a park, a park where there's no cars, and so I had um, my youngest daughter, Sophia. She was on her scooter, and she was going ahead, and she was going a little fast, but I figured it would be fine because there are no cars. You know, it's just other kids, and then she got further and further until um, she got a little bit too far, and she was staring at a little dog, and she actually ended up smashing into a concrete block next to her and then dropping to the floor, and then when I went to go check on her, she had sliced open her chin just two inches from her throat. Pretty deep slice. And we had to rush her to the hospital because she was bleeding profusely. She was bleeding profusely, just a couple of inches from her neck. That's what wandering is like. A little bit at a time, almost unnoticeably wandering away from the Father but then incredibly dangerous at the same time. It isn't noticeable, and that's what makes the danger so real. It's, it's something that happens to us. It's also happened in the past. Paul, he knew about wanderers um, in his community. You know, Paul writes in 2 Timothy, it's the last letter that he writes to his fellow Christians, and it's sad because in his last letter to Christians, he actually talks about those who have wandered away from the faith, those who have deserted him. Paul knew about wanderers. Paul knew about those who desert him in the faith. In fact, in 2 Timothy 4.10, he talks about Demas. It says here, for Demas, in love with the present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. He said, Demas, someone who had walked with me, lived with me, intimately did ministry with me, left the faith, wandered away, and fell in love with the world. Maybe he was daydreaming a little bit too much. Maybe he was encountering hardship that he didn't want to deal with anymore. I don't know why Demas fell in love with the world and fell out of love with the Father. But he did, and he deserted Paul in the faith. It happened in the early church to Paul. James knows the danger of this, and that's why we received the warning about wandering today. In the midst of COVID, have you been wandering from the faith? Have you experienced laziness and daydreaming and lack of purpose, restlessness, these things all affecting your faith, maybe more than you know? And now you've wandered away from the faith. If that's you, 
And the Lord has a word for you today. The first thing we saw was that wandering is unnoticeable but dangerous. You have to know that. You can't be ignorant of that. There is a danger to it, and the danger is very real. But the first um, remedy here that we have in the passage is you have to know that if you have been wandering from the faith, that you have been wandering away from a gracious father, that the father has grace for you, and you've been wandering not from a judgmental father, but you have been running away, wandering unnoticeably away from a gracious father father. You know, I think that we need to know that because in wandering, there's such a shame that's associated with it, a shame that builds up in us, and it keeps us away from the father longer than it should, longer than it should. But you need to be reminded of the grace that is in the father, and it's in the word wandering, I think, that we find the grace. If you stop and you think about the word wandering, it it actually has grace built inside of that word. Because the word wandering is different, let's say, from the word rebellion or abandonment or heretic. These are, this is a different word from that. The word wandering has the idea of grace built in. Wandering is what you would, would use to a child who wanders from a parent, a, a, a sheep that wanders from a shepherd. It talks about the frailty and the weakness of the person who wanders It's not necessarily an enemy. You see, the connotations are different. Even though we are rebellious, even though we are evil, even though we are sinful, and when we wander, we sin against the Father, even though all that is there, the word is soft. A wanderer. It's not the same as a deserter. What would you say to a deserter? Someone who deserted you. What words do they deserve? A deserter deserves words like, you traitor, you Judas, you abandoned us. These are the kind of words that a deserter deserves. But what kind of words does a wanderer deserve? This word wanderer, what would you say to a wanderer? You say things like, are you lost? Can I help you? Have you lost your way? You know, I love the word wanderer here because it's actually filled with grace. It's a word that you would say to someone who almost unintentionally drifts away, a child who's wandered away from their mother in the supermarket actually has a mother who is waiting for him at the checkout line. You see, a sheep that has wandered from the fold has a shepherd who is waiting for that sheep to return and in fact would leave 99 sheep to go look for that sheep. Being a wanderer means that you have a father who is looking for you and is waiting for you with grace-filled eyes. There's grace in that word, wanderer. And that's the first thing you need to know if you have been wandering from the faith, from the church community in the midst of COVID. You need to know that you are wandering from a gracious father, from a father who is waiting with arms wide open. You need to know that. You see, when we wander, oftentimes shame builds up, builds up in our hearts. And when shame builds up in our hearts, it makes us think that the person that we're running away from is ready to judge us, 
is ready to hurt us, ready to humiliate us, and the shame makes us not want to go back. But you need to hear this, brothers and sisters, that there is grace for wanderers. I love that song, Come Ye Sinners. And in that song, Come Ye Sinners, um, the, the lyrics go, if you tarry until you're better, you will never come at all. And what, what he means by that is that if you wait until the shame goes away, if you wait till you're all better and ready to present yourself as this put-together person in order to come back to the faith, to come back to your father, if you tarry until you're better, you'll never come at all. You have to come back knowing that he is gracious, not accepting you because you're put back together, but he knows that you're a wanderer. There's a softness to your father who is waiting for you to return. But secondly, not only do you need to know today that you have a gracious father, you also need to know, my brother and sister who's wandered, you also need to know that there's a gracious community awaiting you. You know, sometimes when we wander from the faith, it's not so much that we think that God is going to judge us. When we haven't been to church in months, when we have ignored our faith community, when it's been over a year that you haven't really lived in the faith, there's something about us that's more afraid of the community than we are afraid of the Father. We're more afraid of the judgment of the community than we are of the God that we've abandoned. And so you need to hear today that there is a gracious community waiting for you. We're not waiting in judgment to scold you when you return. You know, there are people who've left our church and haven't been back to church in months and months and months, some of them over a year. And sometimes you'll see them at a kid's birthday party or sometimes you'll see them at a wedding or some sort of event and they'll come and you'll see them and I'll see them for the first time And you get this really palpable sense that they are ashamed that you see them for the first time in a long time. And as a pastor, they'll start explaining to me a lot of times the reasons why they've been away. They say, oh, pastor, I've been so busy. And, you know, Johnny was sick. And then we had soccer practice. And then we had this vacation. And then there was this happened and that happened. And they have so many excuses because the shame is real in their heart. And there is this real sense of shame for being away. And they're ashamed to see their pastor again. Or they're ashamed to see their small group leader again. Or see their elder again. Or see their church community again. There is a real shame that builds up from being a wanderer. And that's why I always make it a point, every opportunity I get in those situations, to go and give them a big, big hug and embrace them as warmly as I can. Because I want to say to them, I don't need an explanation. I don't need an explanation for why you've been away. All I care about is that you return. My brother, my sister, if you've been away and you're like the lost prodigal son who's on their way back and trying to come up with all these excuses, all all these explanations for why you haven't been at church, for why you've been away from the faith, I want you to know we don't need your explanations. They are unnecessary. All that matters is that you return. All that matters for wanderers 
is that you return. And if you tarry until you're better, or if you tarry until you have your explanations together, you'll never come at all. And you don't need them. We just want you to return. You are not judged here. We love you, and it's been too long. You know, I do that as much as I can to embrace them because that's the embrace that we receive in the gospel. In the gospel, when we come back to God, he's not looking for solid explanations for why we wandered away from him. What explanation would be sufficient anyway? That's not what he's looking for at all. Instead, he gives us this picture of a father waiting for his prodigal son with arms wide open running to him, shushing him from giving any explanations and just saying, welcome home. You know, if you've been a wanderer in the midst of COVID, I want you to know that no explanation is necessary. And you don't need to tarry and wait longer because you are ashamed. It's completely unnecessary. And the devil wants to keep you away, but the Father is waiting with gracious hands of mercy. Now, there are two people who wandered away from Jesus who were close to him, Judas and Peter. Judas, who wandered away, ended up hanging himself in a field out of shame. And Peter ended up returning and being embraced by the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't hang your head in shame. Don't stay away unnecessarily. Return to a gracious father and a community that's waiting for you. No explanation is necessary, but you need to know that there is grace because if you don't know that, you'll keep wandering. Come home and return. The second thing we get from this passage is not only that wanderers can come home to grace, but that those who have not wandered, we need to go out and look for those who have wandered. Let's read the passage again, verse 19 and 20. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. You know, James has something to say for those who don't wander in the church. In fact, this passage is primarily written to those who have not wandered, to those who have been faithful. This passage actually is a challenge to those who are here in the church, in the faith, doing well. This is a challenge and command to us who are not wandering. The impetus is actually on us first. The challenge, the word, the command, it's for us. And it's just like Jesus to do that. Remember in Matthew 18 when he says, has your brother sinned against you? You go to them. And the person who sinned against says, what? I mean, he's the one that did the wrong. You want me to go? And Jesus says, yeah, I want you to go. Isn't that just like Jesus? To say, have you not wandered? Good. Do you know someone who has wandered? You go to them. You go to them. That's the call here. That we who have not wandered ought to look for those who have and to move towards them. 
and it's anyone. Read it again. If someone brings him back, someone, anyone who knows a wanderer, anyone who knows a wanderer, you are called to go. You see, oftentimes when we know that our friend or or, a family that's a friend of ours, they've wandered from the church, they've wandered from the faith, oftentimes what, what what do people say? The church leadership, the pastors, the elders, they should do something about this. The leaders, they should do something about this. They haven't been to church in eight months. The pastors need to do something about it. The elders need to do something about it. And you know what? You're right. The shepherds of the church need to address that. But at the same time, the Lord says to you, you need to go to them. You You see, in the midst of us saying, ah, the pastors need to go, the elders need to go, if you would just lift your eyes and look at the big face of Jesus Christ, he would say to you, my son, my daughter, you go. You go. Oftentimes, the best person to reach out to a wanderer is not the pastor or the elder whose public job it is to do it. Sometimes, actually, the best person to do it is their friend, is you. So don't gossip about them. Don't slander their family. Don't condemn them in your heart, but instead go to them. You go. And speaking as someone who was actually lost, um, as speaking as someone who was a wanderer myself, I say to you that it's true you know, my early years um, in college, I completely strayed from the faith and I moved away and wandered pretty severely. And it wasn't an elder who brought me back. It wasn't a pastor who brought me back. It wasn't a small group leader who helped me back. But it was a friend. It was a friend who brought me back. And I'm forever grateful to that friend of mine who didn't slander me, who didn't condemn me, but instead, he just came to get me. And I'm telling you, as someone who was brought back by a friend, if you know someone who has wandered from the faith, go and get them. That's what James says to you as his final call out of his letter. Do you know any wanderers? Go and get them. Go and get them in the gospel. You know, things are opening up at church again, and I'm really excited that we have some great you know, progress in getting the church back together. But a big question in my mind is who is the church we're gonna get back? It's been a long season of COVID. It's not over. But the question that I have in my mind as a pastor is when we do open up, who is the mosaic we're gonna get back? Are we going to find that 20, 30, 40, 50 people have wandered away from the faith and from the church in the midst of COVID? I pray that that's not true. But do you know someone who has wandered? Today, James says to you, go get them. Go get them, and you will save their life. And as someone who has wandered, That's not an exaggeration. My life was saved when someone came to get me. 
My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever, whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Cover a multitude of sins. That's the gospel, isn't it? That we do it because this is what Jesus did for us. That when we wandered from him, when we broke fellowship with him and we decided to move our own way, that he came down from the place where he was in perfect fellowship, in perfect community, and he decided instead to step down to come and rescue us. And he covered us with his gospel love. That's your story and that's mine. We're people who were rescued from being wanderers. And he says to you, shouldn't you then go and extend your love to cover someone and to go love someone and to bring them back from wandering? My brother, my sister, today, I want to call you to action. But really, it's James that calls you to action. But really, it's God who calls you to action. Your Savior, who went and rescued you, calls you to action. Go and look for a wanderer who has wandered from the faith, who has wandered from the church. Do you know someone like that? Go and get them. And if that's you, come back home. Come back to your Father. He doesn't need your explanations. He's full of grace. And today, he's standing with his arms open. And as you come with all your explanations, Lord, this is why I have not prayed. This is why I've been so far away. He says to you, I don't need your explanations. This is not time for you to justify yourself. This is time for you to be covered by grace. It's not necessary for you to explain. It's not time for judgment. It's time to celebrate because you were lost, but you were found. You were away, but you are here. You were ashamed, but now you're covered. It's time to kill the fattened calf and celebrate because you are back. You see, that's what God means when he says that his kindness will lead us to repentance. His kindness will lead us to repentance because when a wanderer realizes that he was not running away from judgment, but that he was running away from grace, when a wanderer realizes that, he says, oh, I don't know why I wandered for so long when he was so gracious. That's what it means that kindness leads you to repentance. It's like that great line in Amazing Grace, "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, but it was grace my fears relieved." Let's go to him in prayer together. I just want to ask you, especially if you've wandered from the faith, to think about the grace of your Lord Jesus Christ who was waiting for you with arms wide open. Why are you wandering? Why wander longer? If you tarry until you're better, you will never come at all. Take some time with your Father before we come to the table of communion. Go to your Father who you've been running from, the one who's gracious, and go make amends in his mercy. Let's spend a moment in prayer together.
And Father, as we come to your communion table, prove to us that you're gracious. Prove to us your son's mercy. And prove to us that we could come back. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.